Uh, but let's have the, the reading uh, now. I don't think anyone was asked to read, so I shall do the reading this evening. And it's a big one, so sit back and relax. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. Sorry, I'm just trying to read that. It's a bit small. The village of Mary and his sister Martha. The Ma this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same as the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you. And, when, and, yet when you were going back, and yet you were going back there now. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees the world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he'd meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas called Didymus said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he, 
who opened the eyes of the blind man, have kept this man from dying. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he'd said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Then the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting at the Sanhedrin. Where are we? What are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is a man performing, performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our palace, our, our place and our nation. Oh, cheeky. In 2001, two days before my 10th birthday, I was told my grandfather had died. This was my first experience of death. But what I remember most about that time uh, was that I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral. I was seen to be too young to be at such a sad event. Uh, so when the day came for the funeral, uh, myself, my brother, uh, and my sister, and um, the rest of my cousins were sent to my aunt's house to be looked after by a slightly older cousin um, to play board games whilst the rest of us, whilst the rest of my family attended the funeral. But then each year on my granddad's birthday, my family would go to the grave to lay some flowers. However, without fail, each year, I remained in the car. Not because I wasn't allowed to go to the grave, but simply because I couldn't cope with the idea that it was actually my grandfather that was in the, crowd, in, in the ground. I didn't see him die. I didn't attend the funeral. Uh, so staring at a stone with my granddad's name on it always instilled in me a, a feeling of shock rather than comfort. But when I think back to that time when I was 10, I think to myself, if I was my parents, what would I do now that I am a father? What would I do in that situation? See, what is it about the idea of death that society doesn't like? What is it that keeps us from talking about death? Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, said this. I can now say this to you with a bit more certainty than when death was a useful but purely intellectual concept. No one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. And yet death is the destination we all share. No one has ever escaped it. So why is death a subject that we're all so afraid of talking about? In our passage today, we heard Jesus uh, speaking about his friend Lazarus being at death's door. And yet despite knowing 
that Lazarus was going to die. He finishes what he was doing. For two days more, he stayed where he was before heading to Bethany. Now, if that was me, and I've just heard that my best mate was about to die, didn't have much time left, I'd be in the car, speeding down the M40 to London, just to go and spend the last waking moments with my best friend before they finally passed away. And I'm sure that many of us here would do the same for their nearest and dearest. But Jesus was way more relaxed about it. And this evening, I want to look into why it was that Jesus was so relaxed and see if there's any deeper purposes to Lazarus's death. And if so, what that means for us. Now, the disciples we saw probably presumed that Jesus was putting off going to Bethany because the last time they were in that part of the town, the Jews tried to stone him. But actually, Jesus gives reasons for not going. In verse 4, it says, when he heard this, that's that Lazarus was sick, Jesus said, this illness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And then later in verse 15, after Jesus gets told that Lazarus has died, he says, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. So the whole point of Lazarus's death was that God would be glorified and that in turn, Jesus would be shown to have the same nature as God. Then when Jesus arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days and he's greeted by Martha, who naturally in her grief says to him, if you were here, my brother would not have died. She was speaking to Jesus, a man famed for his healing. So it's true that Jesus would have been able to heal Lazarus. But how many times have we also cried that same thing out to God? Where were you? What were you doing when I needed you? Perhaps another purpose of Lazarus's sickness was to show the necessity for waiting on God in times of great crisis. Jesus wasn't waiting for two days to make sure that Lazarus was definitely dead so that he could perform his great miracle. He knew that Lazarus had probably actually either died already or that he was going to die on the very day the messenger brought the word of Lazarus's illness. And we know that because Lazarus had been buried for four days when Jesus arrived in Bethany. Jewish burial happens immediately after death. So the four days we can count from would be the day of the travel for the messenger to bring word of Jesus, two days for Jesus completing his ministry, and then the day needed for Jesus to travel to Bethany. So that's the four days. So he heard already, as soon as he got that message, he knew Lazarus was already about to die. So Mary and Martha are the ones we need to think about when we think on that four-day period. Mary and Martha were learning that they had to wait on God in this whole experience. And that tells us that when we find ourselves in the times of facing severe illness or death, there is no answer at all except to wait on God. Jesus knows exactly when and how to act. When Jesus sees Mary and the other people mourning, the passage says that he's deeply moved in spirit and troubled. In the original language, however, that deeply moved in spirit and troubled translates better as angry and outraged. Grief is understandable, but anger and outrage. Now, the Hebrew scripture teaches us 
that death was never part of the original plan for human experience. As people turned away from God, the giver of life, their inevitable punishment was death and to experience death. Jesus is not only uh, grieving the death of a close friend, he was also angry at the way in which death has caused so much pain. And at the tomb of Lazarus, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. As many of us, as, as, as many as us would also weep the death of a much-loved friend, Jesus did the same. Now, while I was asked to bring a video to assist my talk this evening, and with the subject of death, I thought, what can I bring that's not so depressing? Uh, and then I remembered I'm a family and children's worker. And so I can take a children's film and bring that. And so uh, I've, I've thought about it and I thought, what was the film I last remember weeping at? And trust me, I weeped at this one. For those who have never seen it, Toy Story 3 is the third of the Toy Story films. Uh, and it's a film in which f the whole series is a group of films that follow the life of a boy called Andy and his toys uh, who are actually alive. Uh, when he's not there, they come alive. Uh, so in Toy Story 3, uh, Andy is now 17 and he's going to college. So his mother presses him to decide the fate of his toys. And Andy decides to leave them in the attic, uh, with the exception of Woody, his sheriff doll, that he intends to take to college. However, Andy's mother donates them by accident to Sunnyside Daycare. And the toys are welcomed by a bear called Lotso Huggin' Bear. But sooner, they discover that the children mistreat the toys. And further, they are imprisoned in the daycare by Lotso and his gang. But Woody discovers the intention of the evil bear and returns to the daycare to organize the escape of his friends. Now, in the clip I'm about to show you, uh, the escape isn't going to plan. Uh, as Woody intended, and his friends and Lotso have ended up in a rubbish truck and have been taken to a landfill. So let's watch this. Look, I can see daylight. We're going to be okay. <laughs> I don't think that's daylight. Stop that there. <sighs> Gets me every time. See, I grew up with them. When I was about four, I remember seeing the first one. I had to wait 12 years for that one to come. So you can see these were close friends to my childhood as well. So that's what made me weep. And so, but I think it's a great picture of the story of Lazarus in the fact that Mary and Martha are staring at death. There is no hope. And yet Jesus comes along. Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus because he knew that for many, death would be much like that clip, a dark and scary void. But what hope 
has Jesus got to offer the grieving sisters? What can he do and offer for us? In verse 25, instead of offering Martha his condolences or his excuses, Jesus offers himself. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus claims that to believe in him is to discover life. The kind of life that not even death can end. If this, if this claim is true, then we can finally unearth hope. Even in our suffering, there is someone who is for us and able to help. And there's nothing empty about that offer. The watching crowd saw Jesus underlining his claim to be the resurrection and the life. And he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And though he had been dead for four days, he walked out to embrace his sisters. Hope in the face of death becomes a reality. Unending life can be ours too. So where do you see yourself? In this story, maybe you're like Mary and Martha, and you're facing a time when you're asking God, Where are you? Why is this happening? And perhaps tonight you need to know that God has a plan for you, and you need to wait for the moment. God's silence doesn't mean God's absence. Maybe you need to wait for a moment to bear that trial to stand and be helped and to learn the most so that we can also bear testimony of God's power and strength. Perhaps you're also like Lazarus. Although you may not be physically dead, you may find yourself trapped in a situation you don't know how to get out of it. So that you might as well be dead to that situation. Whether it's an addiction or a recurring problem or a sin that you keep falling back on, whatever it is, Jesus said two words to Lazarus, come out. And immediately that relieved him of his situation. It was nothing that Lazarus did. For us, Jesus is waiting to speak into our lives. And he does that through scripture, through visions, through whole hosts of different ways. But we need to listen to him. Lazarus was dead, so we had plenty of time to listen. We need to find that time to listen to God's words. If any of those characters relate to you this evening, then I would encourage you to speak to someone tonight. You don't even have to tell them the whole situation. You can just say, will you pray for me? And someone will. So when society doesn't like talking about death, that's okay. It's a sad thing. But we have a hope in the face of death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So we can talk about death because death is not the end. Jesus is just like that claw in that Toy Story clip, waiting to rescue us from the dark. Whatever we're facing, Jesus wants to save us from it. He has a plan for us. So let's reach out to him. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for how you showed Mary, Martha, and the whole crowd of witnesses that you were bigger than death. And you went on to do that by resurrecting from the cross yourself. 
But Lord God, you want to save us from death too. And it may be that death situation where we feel like we're trapped. Or it may be the physical death that we're so scared of and scared of talking about, Lord God. You want to save us. So Lord, we're here tonight reaching out to you. We're ready to listen, to obey. But Lord God, come and meet us in this place tonight. In Jesus' name I pray.